Hey gang, welcome to the 17th Epilogue Gaming Podcast. Can you guys believe it's been 17 episodes? What are we going to do when we hit like 50? Be we'll crazy. celebrate the year. Yeah, I guess so. This? A year of this. Um, yeah. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your weekend. I'm Ben Vollmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Yo. Trammell. How are you guys doing, Whoa. Dakota? I am good. Good. Marcos? You took a nap. I'm yeah. doing great. Dakota did take a nap. That was the thing that happened. We all take naps sometimes. Yeah. I, I work at 3 a.m. I'm allowed to nap. Yeah. Criminalize no, me. It, listen, everybody okay. everybody is allowed to nap. Like, um, I've, I've been playing some really boring video games lately. They're not boring. <laughs> but, uh, like, I've been... You this just is, said they're boring. Okay, well, I, I still love the game. I've been playing a lot of Faster Than Light. And I fall asleep. It's like clockwork. I play for five minutes and I fall asleep. <laughs> I just can't do anything about it. So I only play right before I go to bed. I play on my iPad and I just fall asleep. I, the other day I woke up. Guys, this is an actual true story. So I, I, I have two siblings, right? And their names are Dory and Emily. And I uh, always name my, my shipmates Dory and Emily. Like, it's just a thing. I do Ben... Dory and Emily, and I, I had five. no, I don't do that. But oh. I uh, no Dakota or Marcos on my. Uh, there's not room. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I don't want to die. In my yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Listen to the end of the story. So okay. I ha- I'm not very good at FTL. It's it's a roguelite for anybody who's ever seen or not heard of it. I guess. Um, and I was having a really camp- good campaign going. I had kept one going for like two days. And uh, I had never made it that far, but I woke up one morning and my entire ship was crashed and burned and had been taken over by uh, <laughs> space pirates. And I, oh. I, my brother and sister were dead. Rip. Yep. Oh. So I'm sorry, brother and sister. I have failed you. But uh, yeah, that game scares me, man. It is. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like the longer your success goes the more nervous you get usually it's the opposite in games right i just know that i would never beat that game so i don't want to touch it yeah that's fair i have not beaten it i've played a lot but i haven't beaten it anyway enough about what i've been playing uh dakota what have you been up to uh nino kuni 2 you finished it right yeah i guess i haven't played it for a while well no i think that was a few days ago that you were talking about finishing it yeah, I beat and, it. And you said the ending was a little disappointing. No, I said that's what I expected it to be. Okay. Don't so twist n- my words. It was better <laughs> than what I expected. <laughs> well, then you you just said it was what you expected. So was it better? I said or worse? it was better. Okay, it was better than you expected. Ding dong, you gotta listen. Listen to me. Ding dong, Dell. Come on. Yeah. Ding dong. Continue. But, uh. The ending was better than I expected. There's still some stuff that I'm kind of like, okay, game about, mm-hmm. but it was it was a lot better than I thought it to thought it would be. There's some stuff that I'm like, was that really all that necessary? But overall, can't complain. Seems pretty fitting with JRPGs. They usually I actually read something. Oh, I wish I could remember who wrote it i read something that was basically an argument that jrpgs usually go about 15 to 20 hours too long 
And I thought about it, and I think that there's probably something to it. Like, how often does a game need, like, 100 hours to tell its story? You know? Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing you can probably do for yourself is have a shorter campaign and lots of side quests and let those side quests be smaller stories within a larger story. See, That's I don't exactly think the... why Crunch was fantastic. Chrono Trigger? I didn't... Yeah, dude, it's yeah. a short game. Everybody remembers it being like 30 hours. The campaign's like eight hours long. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't played Chrono. Anyway, Dakota, you what were we campaign isn't too bad. Uh, I pause and do a lot of extra stuff. Sure. in between moving on but i feel like um if you just played straight through the story without touching anything else it really wouldn't be all that bad okay uh the pacing i think by the end of it i felt like a lot of the pacing was really weird because it kind of threw pretty much half the story at you no, I, sh I shouldn't say half that's a little big i would say, i'll say like 25 first like a good huge portion of things just kind of all at you between 25 and 50 percent yeah <laughs> But I, I think I think that's something JRPGs do a lot. I I just played through Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts does that a lot. You'll just be playing and then wham, there's just a ton of story. It's they, oh, yeah. I don't think they really have figured out the pacing yet. I just I think it's more like okay, we have this big chunk of gameplay, and to be fair to the game, it's hard when you know JRPGs are largely explorative, uh, and you're you're kind of you know, meandering around. So telling a story is difficult when the chronology of it is all mixed up, right? Um, For sure. Yeah. Especially with fucking Kingdom Hearts and pacing is a, uh, that's a, that's a combination you don't want to get into. Right, right. So, Marcos, what have you been up to this week? Oh, man. I've been playing that God of War. Mm -hmm. Woo! We're actually going to talk a lot about God of War, so I guess we could just break into that. That's mostly what you've been playing, right? yeah man yeah um so god of war released since our last podcast to uh i mean to put it mildly excellent reviews i think like 95 on metacritic which is probably the second best behind breath of the wild uh since probably 2015 so we're looking at definitely definitely a game of the year contender at the very least Oh, for um, sure. We're looking at what is probably the best God of War game in a an already praised series. Mm -hmm. um, what is it about this God of War that makes it better? Uh, you know, if you, we're talking about building on top of the original three, what is it that makes this game better and different? Okay, first of all, the combat is the best in the series. The change is welcomed with open arms. So what and, what is the change? I know they like slowed things down a little bit. Oh, for sure. Instead of just like hacking away with your long ass um well first of all, you don't have the chains. You don't have your blades of chaos anymore. Right. You have the axe. Mhm. Mm which fantastic like you can throw it, you can retract it. It's like a boomerang sort of deal, but you can hold off on regaining it and then you can sh hit with your bare fists. Is it like Thor's hammer almost? A little bit. That's what it seems slide. like in the trailers. It's not yeah, yeah, right. Just in the way he and, can like yeah. kind of fling it and then call it back to yeah, him. Yeah, you can toss it and call it back, and like it can stick to stuff, and like it has a, a permafrost sort of deal, so it can freeze things. Ooh. Oh, it is absolutely fantastic. And that fits right into the North mythology. I think one of my favorite things. I haven't played God of War. I I actually was just talking about Marcos. I picked it up just a second ago. 
Um, one of my favorite things about the concept change is that uh, obviously Kratos has gotten older um, mm-hmm. since God of War 3. So the, the slowed down combat actually makes like Ludo narrative sense. You know, when we talk about that blending of narrative and gameplay. Oh, for sure. Um, and then, of course, like the Norse mythology. So we have this like this frozen axe that he uses um, to sort of blend in with that cold atmosphere. It's just the whole thing seems like really well planned out. Um, and it's I'm I'm glad that it got good reviews. This is it's a beautiful. long single player campaign, and it got great reviews, and it's gonna sell like pancakes. Wait, that's not the phrase. It is hotcakes. Hotcakes. What's the difference between a pancake and a hotcake, though? Nothing. Pancakes can be cold. Who eats cold pancakes? I don't tell you how to live your life. Okay. Hotcakes. Flapjacks, pancakes, it's all the same. What if they sell it's like they, they sell like uh, hot pockets? Pool. They sell like hot pockets. No. I don't no. like it. Okay. Let's move on to the Nintendo Labo, uh, which also Ooh. released. Big big week for games. Not usually something you see in March. I mean, do, you, do we consider Labo a game or is it yeah, more of a career? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's software thing. in it, right? Yeah, I mean, it is software, right? It's basically, Labo is the software itself, and it's paired with the cardboard. cardboard. Right. Yeah. So, it also released to great reviews. To nobody's, well, actually, I'm a little surprised. I'll be honest. A lot of people were surprised. Yeah, I don't, I, I, it wasn't that I didn't see the appeal. I thought this was something, I was like, okay, they made this for for kids, and it's this really neat idea that's going to be, uh it's not going to bring a whole lot to the table at you know from a gamer's perspective um but apparently the software is plenty good and the whole idea of like morphing the cardboard to to do these motion controls has worked out really well um is this something that either of you see like see yourselves ever messing around with dakota oh for sure and marcos (laughs) (laughs) marcos was very excited he is definitely in (laughs) He just loves that cardboard piano. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I've looked into that thing, and even though it's one octave, like, hey, it's like a mini synth. It's great. I heard it works pretty well. Dakota, what about you? Would you pick it up? Yeah, not anytime soon. I'd definitely do it uh, if it was discounted or something. Yeah, it's $70, I want to say. Yeah, Yeah. not right now. $420 for $69.99. It's a meme. Oh, it released on $420. That's right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, good. I, my good. my weed guns are blazing. Pow pow. <laughs> your weed guns. <laughs> Except you're supposed to. I'm holding like my two fingers up, like I'm holding a ciggy. Oh, it's nice. Like, I like that. Like yeah. joints. Pow pow. Psh, psh, and then I go. Psh. I'm like smoking. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see a lot of the motions a, that a are whole, going on. A whole new meaning to smoking gun. <laughs> um. <sighs> Okay, well, let's break into our uh, our favorite news stories from the last couple of weeks. Uh, Dakota, do you want to go ahead and, and break us in here? I actually have I have one that I'm excited about, um, and I think Marco says too, but uh, what's yours, Dakota? I decided on the whole Quantic Dream thing, because I've been following the, the whole situation mm-hmm. for a minute. Well, walk us now through it a little bit. Contextualize it. it. Yeah. Okay, so at some point, um quantic dream uh Dave and david cage right that's his name david yeah cage. david cage the guy who developed heavy rain and beyond yeah they two developed souls. uh heavy rain beyond two souls and 
some kind of Fahrenheit indigo I, for the PS1. Right, right. Two, I don't know. But they, he was, I'm going to say him specifically, not just the company as a whole, but the environment he created, because he's the head of it, uh, created is, was toxic and there's a lot of harassment. Um, people, the hours were extremely long and hard and generally, you know, not probably humane, I guess is the best word. Right. Um, there was sexual, like, misconduct, uh, racism. Um, God, he hit all the check marks, huh? Yeah, he, he, you, if you take a list and you go down, uh, he probably, he overworked his employees, racism, sexism. Uh, I think there was, like, a big, there was a big thing with homophobia, too. Like, he was. Yeah, that was yeah. the other one. And he was, that, I think we actually talked about this. He was the same guy that was like, how can I be homophobic? I worked with Ellen Page. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh he did say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But uh, oh, David Cage. Right. But um, and so they were accused of this in what, like, lot? It was still last year. It was still like it was time, pretty like recent, but yeah, not November. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not yes, just before this but, new uh, year. Yeah. Um, but recently they decided to go and file a lawsuit against the people who accused them. Uh, which I don't know the exact site. I know it's a French like news website. Yeah, thing. French media. Mm -hmm. But um, they went and decided, you know what? Screw <laughs> you guys, and we're gonna sue you for <laughs> defamation. And they're like, yo, buddy, we did it a, a real, real legit. Uh, you know, we looked into this stuff. Okay, you right. did bad things. And they're like, no, we didn't. You're trying to soil our. I feel like this is the common defense. It's like, oh, we'll show them and, you know. But no we'll... action. They haven't actually seen any action taken yet. They're right. just threatening it. Yes. Which I feel like if when, oh, it's, when you're it's... just threatening it but not doing it, you, you have something to hide usually. Yes, totally. No, this is, this is totally a public perception move. It's like, okay, let's save some face and be like, we can't believe that big bad media would say these things about us. But it's like. There was, I I'm mean, sure it's there were sources referenced. True. I doubt this is something that's not true. Yeah. Um, especially because David Cage seems like a like a jack off. Like there's yeah. there's no yeah there's there's no saving grace for this guy. He's just never he's never been in the news, and we're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to hear about this next good thing David Cage did. I know <laughs> it's know? like you know you've never heard anything about either Quantic Dream or just him in general. And now all of a sudden it's like with his game, he's been in the news since like October, September last year from mm -hmm. the, the uh, he, went a, he went a little bit the off game. the rails once Beyond Two Souls didn't get good reviews. If I remember correctly, he was very defensive and like anti-media and like, I can't believe people have the audacity to give bad reviews. They just oh, don't understand boy. my work. You know, he's that kind of guy. So anyway, yeah, that's, that is a, whew, there's no other way to put like it. To, that is like that whole thing. Oh, God. That uh, near Automata is 30%, or not 30, half off the Steam store right now. <laughs> that, so, that's probably like our podcast game of the year, right? I think like our all around choice for, for last I year. I mean, I think if it's, uh, if we're voting, each one of us gets a Voight vote. A, a Voight? Voight. <laughs> Voight? Yeah. Uh, it's two versus three. Me and Twinkie Marcos really love that game. So, yeah, yeah, I honestly, I, I would not. I wouldn't put up much of a fight. I thought Nier was really oh, good too, but but uh, it is half off on Steam. Although I do want to warn people that the Steam version has issues. Um, like there's Does frame, it? yeah, there's like frame drops. They still haven't patched it. I don't think there was a big yeah, thing the about Steam it. One, 
did I play? Yeah, I played the Steam one. I had a good time. Okay. Um, so but I also have a crazy computer. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where it's it, it probably if you're on the lower end, you're gonna see, see some drops. It wasn't so really optimized too well or whatever it is. Great deal. Yeah, it just was not opti- well optimized, and there was supposed to be a patch, and there wasn't. And I think Dakota, if I remember correctly, you have an AMD card, whereas I have an NVIDIA card, and that was where the issue was going. So it's like, if you have an AMD, you're fine. If you don't, uh, well, well, you're screwed. So, well, you're screwed. That's honestly, I mean, I know we're not necessarily a PC gaming centric podcast to begin with, but one of my issues with PC gaming is that it's like you just, it's such a mixed bag of like, is this going to be good? Like, am I going to be able to play this without it crashing every five seconds? Like, I don't usually have to worry about that with my PS4 or Xbox or my Switch. Um, I almost said we yeah, again. Yeah, on those, the game just works. You don't have to think about it. <laughs> right. It's, it's made nice. for simple simpletons like myself, I guess. Um, anyway, so let's go ahead. Marcos, you want to go next? I'll, I'll cap yeah, us man. off. All right. This past Thursday, uh, SNK teased a classic console compilation, which has me very excited. Okay, SNK, explain, because... give us some context here. Uh, SNK, they were, they, they're a video game uh developer they've made games like uh king of fighters samurai showdown which is one of my favorite fighting series um fatal fury metal slug all that kind of stuff man. right so so what and, are they uh, doing now well they're making a classic console with so, like the whole snes mini like that um the mega drive thing that they're doing over at sega right and the thing that's different with this is that when they teased it it has a cover over the console itself, and it has a hint of a fight stick being on there, like an old school arcade cabinet. And oh. I am really excited to see where they go with that. I'm yeah. I, oh, that's I'm so, really exciting. Did you see the Atari thing that Atari is developing a new console as well? And they have, I did not see yeah, that, they no. have the controller looks pretty neat. Like the design of the Atari alone makes it look like it'd be worth it, but it's you know it's low end hardware, so it's probably not even gonna be able to play much, but. Yeah, it's cool. I, I I appreciate like these these developers getting in on the like a niche market for uh, hardware and like consoles. I think that's good. I mean, yeah, man, I, I'm really excited for it. And I've been screwed out of the SNES Mini, the NES Mini. I'm not gonna. I don't think there's too many people looking out for the oh SNK Neo Geo cabinet. Wait, did you really get screwed out of the SNES? Uh, it sold out before I got to it. Yeah. Um, I have I have another one. You know, not to we'll complete. Talk later. Yeah, not to complete this business over the, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. We'll talk later. I just wanted everybody to know who listens how good of a person I am. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm really excited for this thing. Like, I saw the little like it, if you look at the picture for it. I don't know. I, I don't know if we have like the link out, but yeah, I can. I can post the link there. Like, oh, it's there, and I'm so excited because the the recent classic consoles they've had the original controllers. Right. And the thing with the SNK is that all their games were in arcade cabinets before they ever got ported to consoles. So why not have the controllers be these fight sticks? Oh, I'm so ooh, it's okay. got me. It got me rolling. Yeah, I mean, you've got me excited. Let me uh, let me go through our uh, let me go through my news story real quick, and then we'll go to break um, before we we do our game in a little bit. 
So uh, this week, I think this is actually huge news for a couple of reasons. Campo Santos was bought by Valve. Now, you may not have actually heard Campo Santos or heard of them. Um, they are the same people who worked, ooh, what did they, they had Firewatch. people. They did the Firewatch, no, yeah. Yes, Firewatch, but they originally the were the one. writers from The Walking Dead Season 1. Um, oh, really? Yes. So I did not know that. Yes, so that's probably the Telltale's Telltale best game? work. Mm-hmm. Telltale's okay. uh, Walking Dead Season 1, and they then went on to create Firewatch, which was beloved by many people, including myself, and now they have uh, In the Valley of Gods uh, coming out soon, Ooh. and Valve, which has been saying for the last several years that it was going to return to software at some point, and just definitively was like, hey, yeah, we're making games again a couple of months ago, uh, and I think that people sort of perceived that as in like a an empty thing they're like okay then maybe they'll make like a vr uh, a vr software thing or something but I've, now that valve has bought campo santos i who i believe is one of the most talented development teams in in the country right now um i i really firmly believe this means valve is headed back into video game development there's no reason they would do something like this um so i think you know at long last those those games we've been wanting may actually have a chance at seeing uh, the light of day, like Portal Three, Half Life Three, uh, Left 4 Dead Three. Would be? Or what do oh, you? Oh, that's such a good. That's such a good. That's such a good question. I I think that. Ooh, if I had to guess, I would say Portal Three. I would say I think Portal that makes Three. Makes the most sense. Yeah. yeah. What I, would you want though? Portal Three. Really? Yes. Oh, I don't. I haven't I really played Half Life, and so I don't know. Like I know there's influence there, but what, oh, what you wanted Left for Dead three, is that what you said? Left for Dead, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't that's the only like of those series that Valve has ever brought out. I'm, I mean I played a little bit of Team Fortress. Oh um, god, I, I forgot own, like, about Team Fortress three. <laughs> oh, that'd be hard to turn <laughs> yeah. down as well. So But yeah, I just I'm a sucker for zombie games. Like I love Call of Duty, I love those Nazi zombie stuff, but Left for Dead like has a big like I played back in like middle school walking home to go to my friend's place and just play four player co-op left for dead two or left for dead one yeah right i'm down for a new one yeah i'm down for a new campaign God, Give me a there, new i mean this is exciting news i think for that reason and because i think campo santos is a really talented developer and if they're given resources to create like the next big thing like just seriously look out they are they are fantastic storytellers um for sure yeah. just so just I wait that. I, I don't think this is as big of a deal as people are making, or I think this is a much bigger deal than people are making it. So, with that being said, let's cut to break. I, we have a lengthy game that we're going to be playing later. Uh, we're going to be talking about video game preservation, and then we'll play a game off of that called The Price Is Not Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And we'll have we'll pair Marcos and Dakota off and see who can who can win. Uh, but we'll take a little break and we'll come back in a few minutes. So thanks for joining us and tuning in, and we'll see you in a few. This episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. A special shout out to our Platinum and Midnight tier members of February, including Matt Buchanan, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Blister Agent, Brightwolves, and Drafter, who urges you to check out the Epilogue After Dark Podcast later this month. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are going to be breaking down video game preservation. 
uh, and why it's it's so important that we actually preserve the history of video games. Um, so this is something that we actually took a week off so I could do a little more research into. Uh, there's there's a lot of history here. There's a lot of conversation. I actually should not say there's a lot of conversation. Part of the dangerous thing here is that there isn't a whole lot of conversation. Uh, yeah, definitely. I actually found, we found like one article. Uh, Kotaku <laughs> wrote a thing a couple of years ago about video game preservation and how games are in danger um, and that we might actually lose some of the things that we've... Uh, you know, that we built right off the bat. A lot of these NES games are really hard to find. Um, so, I mean, if you think about that, if you really think about that, it would be like if we lost copies of Citizen Kane in film or Lord of the Rings. Like, imagine if we just ran out of physical copies. Video games is actually dealing with that problem right now. Yeah, I feel um, like a practically uh, li- Library of Alexander sort of thing. Yes, going on. exactly. Absolutely. Probably. Um, and this is this is something that uh, is, I think is is really dangerous and something to keep an eye on because if you know, heaven forbid, something happens uh, that's you know to to people who have been involved in video game history, there is going to be little trail to point back to to this. Um, and if you believe in video games as an art form, as we do, as I do, as Dakota does, as Marcos does, um, and everybody at Epilogue, then and then this is something that is actually important for you to take seriously as well, because there's some things that you can do. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first and foremost, um, I wanted I wanted to bring up the idea of why these games are in danger. Like, where are they going? You might ask. Uh, if if these games are alive and well, then what is what is the problem here? Um, well, the first and foremost thing is, uh, and I, I'm sure Dakota and Marcos remember this specific thing, but there are games that actually you cannot find. Do you guys remember the the dig of the ET, uh, the extraterrestrial video yeah. game? Oh, the whole Atari scandal that went on. Yeah. So that was just one of many examples of games kind of disappearing. Um, and physical copies of them not being able to be found. And we're going to talk about some games in particular in a little bit. Um, but the biggest problem is not actually physical copies being lost. It's physical copies no longer working. So Yeah, man. like It's like they have a literal life sentence. They are literally dying. Yes, it's crazy. Literally. I literally mean, dying. If you... If you uh, like, the most reason I could even think of is, like, the... Um, what's Nintendo's... The three... Oh, fudge. The Nintendo 64. Oh, my God. The N64. (laughs) (laughs) We got there. Don't worry. We got there. (laughs) But, uh, like, the N64, or I I had a Game Boy. Uh Uh-huh. You can tell if um, that, like, as you, over time, if you've ever gone back to reminisce and plug in one of your cartridges, uh, because I've noticed it on my Game Boy for sure, that it it just doesn't work. Right. I have an N64. It's not that it doesn't work. Yeah. But more so that you'll notice that oh I can't save the game anymore, which is part of <laughs> right. is a part of the degradation. Yeah. I can't save the game, or mm-hmm. uh, there's something wrong here. It's just missing information because of natural wear and tear on its old technology. Right. It, yeah. it, it wears out. Just... It has a lifespan. Yeah. And I think uh, Game Boy games or like those kind of things, they have these internal like batteries that help with the CPU or like the memory itself. And those like when they're created have a 
they have a time limit. Like it's ticking down the second it starts. And I think on the article it says that most you have fifteen years. Yeah. And we're past we're that. Already, like twenty three years there. old. Like it, yeah. it's done. Like some of those games are gone. Yeah. It's not them. even just old games. The article even mentioned that DVDs and CDs from the nineties are. Yeah, are I mean, this isn't this isn't a problem out. unique to video games, right? Um, the problem, and it, here's here's the next problem, is that while this thing, it, this problem, this this problem with hardware and software exists in other forms of media, other forms of media are doing such a better job taking care. Of, of their history and for, oh, for some sure. reason there nobody is doing that for video games so i am going to link a few things in the podcast if i can uh, a couple different places you can turn to look if you happen to have an older game or something like that that is hard to find um then perhaps perhaps you could turn to them and see what you can do with it uh but the next the next issue is that a lot of games have limited copies like there is a game that we're going to talk about later that's called, oh goodness, I is the first time I'd ever heard of it, Birthday Mania. Birthday Mania has one copy. There's one copy left of Birthday Mania. And have you guys even heard of that game? Nope. No. Yeah, probably not. Um, and it's, you know, when it, I, I believe it was the NES, like there, there weren't many games produced for the NES. There's a reason that usually when people talk about an NES game, you've probably heard of the title. Um, a game like this is just you cannot find it there is literal literally one copy of it left uh and that's dangerous because it's not in the hands of a museum or anything like that it's in the hands of somebody who is looking to hold on to it to sell it uh so we're we're really talking about you know limited copies and then those copies dying just as marco said they have a limited lifespan uh, and we're past that lifespan. So most of these games are faltering. And just like Dakota said, I played Ocarina of Time with my brother the other day at our at our at our house, our old home. And um the the thing wouldn't work for more than five minutes. <laughs> like it's just it it's very, very difficult um to, to keep those That's games sad. in good shape. Yeah, it is. It's sad. Um so you know, and I, I kind of already alluded to this, but I thought maybe I could get your guys' take on whether or not you think this is something we could ever see happening. But there's no dedicated video game museum um, that that preserves these kind of titles. Uh, we see this with like with art in particular, but film and other things. Um, we see we see these these works of art maintained through museums paying to to keep them preserved. Uh, we don't see that with video games. Is it something that Dakota you see as a possibility? Um, with sort of the rise in popularity of, of games. Is this something we could count on within the next five or ten years, which is probably when we'd need it? Um, yeah, I think it's something that I could definitely see. Um, like, I, I feel like it definitely can. Oh, boy, words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I think it's just because my brain's somewhere else. I think the like the main problem comes from is people don't take video games as seriously as right. you know film, music, right. or just you know art gallery art in <laughs> gallery general. Art. Well, I, think I had to specify because I'm like no, games, absolutely, art. absolutely, and I think that's you know we talk about epilogue and it's still like so our, young too. It is like young. gaming in general yeah. is very young compared like in comparison to 
you know, film has been alive for almost for like a hundred years almost at this point. Yep, almost a hundred years, yeah. Um, you know, music has always been around, always, always, always. And so do you think that's what it'll take for people to take it more seriously? Is it age? Is it one of those things where like baby boomers don't take millennials seriously? Is that kind of a, a fair point though? Yeah, like I think... I think it's not just age, but it's also just the entire like I don't want to say stigma because it makes it sound like a bad thing, but people think of video games as Oh, there's totally people like who have hobby. it as stigma. Yeah, no, yeah. people do. And, yeah. you know, they don't see it as, like, something that's worth preserving. To them, it's just a hobby. It's not this thing that has essentially changed um, like too many our, people... our world. I feel like without our, the world would be very, very different if video games had never become popularized, honestly. Sure. Marcos, what were you going to say? Like they are. I was, uh, too many people whose words hold so much weight tend to scoff at the idea of video games ever being looked upon as our form. Roger Ebert being like the biggest of the few that have gone to say these statements. Right. I don't, and I, I, this is a good point for me to actually shout out something I wrote. Probably the thing I'm most proud about writing ever in terms of video games was an argument against Robert, Roger Ebert's, um, he, he is a famous film critic, the most famous film critic for those who don't know. He's now, uh, deceased, unfortunately. He was also my favorite film critic, but I made an argument against his argument that video games are not art. Um, and you're totally right, Marcos. I think, you know, when, and, and Dakota, you guys are right in saying that people just don't, still don't take them seriously. And I think you're, you really hit the nail on the head, Marcos, when you said it's people who hold weight, like politicians don't take games seriously it's just you're, you're right i mean you know people and it's not even like a a partisan thing like hillary clinton uh eight years ago if i if i remember correctly in the timeline was one of the first people to bring up uh you know probably longer than eight years ago uh but video games as being a, a possible correlation between video games uh and violence like that's problematic in general it is a a partisan wide thing um and it, it you're right when we're talking about people who we take seriously but whether it's a film critic or a politician or your next door neighbor who has a phd in gallery art <laughs> like dakota would say <laughs> um you know like these are people who you need to convince and sit down and say like hey man take my shit seriously and yeah and man, be all informed. it takes one curator just get one curator to say you know what let's start and just slowly accumulate this why like the that one dude that had that giant video game uh what's it called collection just slowly accumulate that stuff put it in a gallery and share the history of what this what is it called medium yeah what this medium is right because it's a storied history it is starting from Atari to Nintendo, basically reviving the friend, the video game industry as as a whole to what it is now, which is we're in its golden years, man. Like, oh, absolutely, it, this really is, yeah, an expen exponential rates. Yeah, and so I think the the last thing that I want to talk about real quickly is that so many people, whenever I talk about this, the first the first thing they say is like, well. There's no wonder things are, are dying off when everybody is buying stuff digitally. But people don't necessarily understand that it's not the physical nature of something that it, we need to hold on to. I mean, emulation is something that is difficult to do with some of these older games. Um, For sure. But 
you know, if, if it is the physical presence of something that you value, then, uh, you know, we're still in the day. Like I, you know, again, I was just talking to Marcos. I went and picked up a physical copy of God of War um, and I have that and hopefully I'll have it forever. And that's one of those things you can still do. Uh, and I'm somebody who buys about half my stuff digitally, half my stuff physically. I'm not here to shame anybody who does one or the other. I'm just saying you have that option to keep things alive. You you have that option to keep things alive. So for sure, um, you know, there's a couple also different buying, oh, buying physically saves you room on your storage on your console. Does it anymore? I I am still I mixed about That's that. That's why I always they, they get it. I don't know anymore. Yeah, I don't... Sometimes, sometimes you put in a disc and it still installs stuff. The Switch definitely doesn't take up room. The Switch doesn't, but I think the, the other two do. The Switch do. is crazy, man. Like, yeah. that Breath of the Wild, how big that game is when you play it, it's only like six gigs. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's just it's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if not saving space on your on your hard drive or whatever, um, you know, it, think about it in terms of a lot of these games are not, like, have DRMs, like most of Steam stuff. If Steam decides to take down Steam, well, like, what is going to happen to your games? Seriously, serious? what is going to happen? God, I'm going to be pissed. I spent yeah. a lot of money. No, sure. Games. So, but what <laughs> happens if, if Steam goes down? What happens if Steam yeah. says, like, fuck it, we're not doing this anymore? You will not have your game anymore. So I'm just, I, there's a couple things you can do. I think, like Marco said, one of the things that we all need to do is get some curators interested in this kind of thing. Get people higher up. Uh, to listen to video games being an art form. I think the easiest thing for you to honestly do is if you have a game that is in desperate need of preservation, please, 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 in the name of video game history, try and find something or somebody who will take good care of it. Um, if you have to sell it, that's fine, but it's just one of those things where it's, if you can, there are there are companies out there, and I'll try and link some on, on Epilogue Gaming that are actually trying to preserve to preserve these games um so at least consider that before you know turning it into a garage sale Uh, that yeah that's a that's a heavy conversation to have it's i think it's it's worrisome um to lighten things up i did come up with a game that i'm pretty proud of uh and we're gonna we're gonna go through this um pretty quickly we're doing fine on time but um i don't i don't know i don't foresee it taking too long so what we're going to do, and you guys can alternate here, uh, I'm going to name a game and I promise I will not try and fool you. Uh, I will be well off the mark if, uh, um, well, let me just get through the, the instructions for the game, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name a game and the game's price, and you will tell me whether the price is right or not. And if you think the price is right, you will say the price is right. If you think the price is not right, you will say the price is not right. <laughs> so um, we're going to try and keep tally as best we can. Um, Dakota, you will go first. Uh, and so let's let's start one off. Um, well, I, I guess I should contextualize this a little bit. This was with what best information I could find, mostly using Amazon. Um, sometimes oh. I had to, some copies were so rare for these games that I could literally not find them anywhere else but like searching it online and saying like okay this person is selling it for that much so the information is a little malleable here but uh for the most part i think this is pretty consistent 
Anyway, so this is the least amount of dollars you can spend to buy these games in physical form, okay? Any questions, Marcos or Dakota? No, I'm ready. Okay. So the first game, since we were actually just talking about Portal, Portal 2, the physical copy of Portal 2, is it $90? Dakota? So is it just Portal 2? Just Portal 2, the physical copy I, of Portal 2. I say the price is right. Price is right. Marcos. Price is wrong. The price is right. Dakota gets a point. It is what? $90. You know, you know, yeah, you know why? Because I've only ever seen Portal 2 on, what's it called? Like the orange box the orange or box. something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the 360, I've never seen it in its own physical copy. Yeah. I didn't I'll, even know it had its own physical copy. I will say this was the PC so version. That. PC version of Portal 2, Amazon. Um, so you guys can fact check these if, you, if you'd if you like, but um, I did the best with what I could. Okay, Marcos, you're gonna, you're gonna be first up here. Uh, Ghost of, uh, sorry? I'm still floored. I'm still floored. <laughs> I remember because I, playing it with my friends in like middle school, and uh-huh. I'm like, oh, the orange box. Yeah, and the orange box is still Xbox. like one of the best deals ever. I should have checked on what the price was for that, but. I'm pretty sure you can still buy that digitally on the 360. So anyway, uh, what about Ghostbusters, the video game for PS3? Marcos uh, is $180 the right price. The price is wrong. The price is wrong. Marcos says, Dakota, is the price I'm right? the price is wrong. No. The, the price is right. $180. What? Yeah. This is a PS3 Oy. game. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think I need to check my PS3 games. <laughs> yeah, Time right? to start going through those, I, ho- those piles. I should say I, that uh, in my experience, the consoles, that the games that were worth the most money uh, tended to be games that are hard to emulate. And a lot of that is on PS3. Although there is an emulator that's in sort of working form. I forget the name of it for PS3 that's like getting a lot of traction now. Anyway, so Ghostbusters, the video game is $180. Okay. That makes a little bit of sense because uh, that was like the last time Harold Ramis was able to play his role because he died shortly after that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And it's actually apparently a really good game. People say it's good. Yeah, it's a fun game, dude. I played it. Um, He plays the rookie. So... Uh, what about Spider-Man Nintendo 64, the video game? What? Is the price right $90? Dakota? Um, I'm going to say price Nintendo 64, you said? Mm-hmm. Um, price is right. All right. Marcos? Price is wrong. Price wrong, high or low? It's too high. It's too high. Yeah, for $23, you can buy Spider-Man Nintendo 64. It Um, It was the console. I was like, God, Nintendo 64 is so tricky because you could either get a real pricey-ass game on NDN64 or it's dirt cheap. Right, right. It's like Smash Bros. That game is expensive. Um, okay, well, it, along those same lines, uh, Marcos, oh wait, no, Marcos, yeah, Mar- it's Marcos's turn here. And what's yes, the score? Is. What is it, two to two? I think it's one one. One one, that's right. Okay, um, so Super Mario Bros. Wii U, $60. Is the price right, Marcos? The price is right. Okay, Dakota? 
Super Mario Bros. The Wii U. Yep. Uh, mm, price is not right. The price is not right. One hundred thirty-five dollars. What? Yeah. Wait, no, no, no. Yes, one hundred thirty-five dollars. No, and oh, so no. The, Amazon has one copy remaining, so they've likely driven up the price. Um. Now, this is weird because these games can be Whoa. bought for $60 digitally uh, at the most. So this yeah, is just an say, example of how... that'd be sold for more than 40 Yeah, I mean, this stuff is, this stuff is crazy. The physical nature I know 60 because it's Mario, but generally $60 is like Breath of the Wild. Not right. even all Switch games sell for 60 bucks. Only kind of high-end ones like Mario Odyssey or Legend of Zelda. A Wii U game, right? Yeah. What? I mean, you could probably you could probably find it like at a Best Buy or something if you got lucky. I would imagine. Uh, and they can't sell it for more That's than $60. But Amazon can sell it for whatever they want. Yeah. So, uh, here we're going to we're going to get into some trickier ones. This is Motocross GP2, which is a Japanese import only. My dad loves that game. Really? Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah, he so always maybe... talked about how his games that he grew up with and he always said Motocross. I always remember that one from the Animal Crossing too. Sure. He's like, "Oh, it's just like Motocross." <laughs> uh, wait, Marcos, did you get that last one right? You did, right? I got it wrong. Dude. Oh, you got Okay, so we're still at 1-1. One, one. I need to keep track no, of this. No, that's 2-1. You could have got it right. Oh, did you? No, you said $60, yeah. didn't you? You're running the game. No, you said you said it was $90. I said the price is not right because I thought it would be cheaper, but it was more expensive. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, 2-1. Okay, so Motocross GP2 and Marcos is first. Uh, this is the Japanese import only. $1,771. Marcos. The price is wrong. <laughs> the price is wrong, Marcos. What? Oh, uh, my bones. <laughs> what? How much? $1,771. What? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm a, the Japanese import? Yep. Price is right. The price is right. <laughs> two to two. Oh, Wait, no, Jesus. three to one. Three to one. Uh, yeah, the price oh, is right, $1,771. This was one of the most expensive games I could possibly find. I was I was looking all over the, the place. Motocross is so. a pretty old one, too. Yeah, I think this was like a PS... Oof. I don't remember. It was like PS2, maybe? Um, so this is Motocross GP2. I, I had never heard of this game in my life, but... Um, See, I've heard right. of very, very old Motocross for, like, probably nes or something i don't know something my dad would play in the 80s okay um all right so this one dakota will go first Mar mortal kombat versus dc universe 75 dollars what console is it for uh i believe marcos do you know this one i should have written it's down on all the screen, Xbox 360. okay is it first dc yeah. universe let me yeah let me just fact check that real quick because that uh, yep. makes a huge difference right. is what console it's on. Yeah, he, Marcos is right. Marcos is right. So, how much do you said? 75 Seventy-five. Mm -hmm. Is price the price is right. right? The price is right, Dakota says. Okay, Marcos. Price is wrong. The price is wrong! $175. What? what? No. <laughs> That's such a terrible <laughs> game. I hate hearing how expensive all these are. 
Uh, oh, it's the gonna get a lot worse off. from here. It's, it's gonna get a lot garden. worse from here. Don't oh. Oh, I need a candy. Hold on, I need a candy break real quick. <laughs> the game is hot garbage. No, we should oh. spend $170 on that game. Okay. I didn't even spend that much on Dishonored Collector's Edition. So one thing that I would advise, honestly, is if you're looking, if you're in the market for some of these older games, like I just went to Second and Charles, which is a used, it, they sell used stuff. Uh, a lot of these same games you can find for like five bucks. They have no idea what the value is. They have literally no idea. So check there before you buy someplace like Amazon, which is literally going off of, uh, well, what is the, what is the, the business term for it? Um, Price, uh, something demand. Oh gosh, come on, somebody help me. Supply and demand. Supply and demand, thank you, God, okay. Yeah, I was gonna Pure. say, it's totally worth just checking up on your local, like, yes. if you have a used video game store, right. that's not- So essentially what off. we're doing here is like, okay, how rare is this game actually? Um, and some of these games are like, crazy rare, crazy The rare. highest they'll ever charge is for, like, popular games, like, you know, ocarina of time and majora's right. mass i mean they'll usually then like, like 50 price. bucks 50 bucks yeah right. it's just the price of a new game okay so speaking of ocarina of time uh did either oh, of you no. guys get that one right twinkie did Marcos I, I got it right okay so you? three two okay sorry i'm doing a bad job keeping track okay uh so ocarina of time and dakota you'll go first is the price of ocarina of time 294 dollars for what uh, N64. <laughs> you, you have to double check. It's, yeah. You know, it, last it, it one of them be, was imported. Yeah, one it, of them, it, there's enough. a lot of important I think the details only, that help me figure it out. I think the only physical copy of Ocarina of Time is N64. Now, I should note that this is the 1.0 version of Ocarina of Time. There, It's notable for having a patch, essentially, that released a different version of the game that most people have, uh, which was 1.1, that took the... Um, Oh gosh, the Islamic hymn out of the game. Yeah, um, so that this was, is the, the original. The this original, is the OG yeah. with the original. Um, yes, N sixty four. Two hundred ninety four dollars. Two hundred ninety four dollars. I'm gonna say price is not right because I'd expect that to be more expensive. Okay, Marcos. The price is wrong. The price is right. Two hundred ninety four dollars. Oh, okay, you can actually go buy it right to be now. A little more. Yeah. Um, I actually was actually, too. Actually, that's a that huge too. deal. That's mm -hmm. a huge deal that the pre-patch. Okay. Uh, here is a toughie. E.T. the extraterrestrial video oh. game. Marcos is the price right $722. Remember, this the is the cheapest, is the cheapest wrong. I can find it. The cheapest wrong. I can find it. Okay, Marcos says the price is wrong. Dakota. I I I hope I hope to God it's right because that's just crazy. Okay, so are you saying yes? It, the price yeah. is right. Price the, is right. The price is wrong. E. No. T. One thousand five hundred thirty-seven dollars. No. That is the worse. cheapest. The cheapest. Oh, you guys buckle buckle your seatbelts. It's gonna get a lot worse from here. I'm telling you, it is gonna get worse. Um, That's so bad. Okay, so next, uh, Pokemon Yellow Special Pikachu version. Uh, Dakota, is the price right? Seventy nine dollars. Price is right. Marcos. Uh, yeah, the price is right. The price is wrong. Twenty four dollars. 
plenty of copies what? of Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. What? Okay, so one thing that I figured out, and you know how like Dakota was talking about the price of Ocarina of Time and how she thought it would be higher. I thought those things too, but it seems like if you can get those same games in emulated form on a different console, like the Wii U or the 3DS, where you can now play Pokemon Yellow, the games seem to be pretty cheap. Huh. People seem less inclined to pay big money for it, I guess, so... Okay, um, how about this one? This is one that a lot, a, a lot of discussion was had about this game. So Mother 3, the game that never saw the day of light, full English translation from Japan. Is the price right? $14. I'm saying the price, what? what? $14. First off, price is wrong. This doesn't even really exist. Conspiracy. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> Wait, We're done with those mother? episodes, Dakota. <laughs> Fourteen. Fourteen dollars. Yeah. What? I. I feel like you're you're here to fuck with me, and so oh, I'm gonna maybe. say Price is Right. <laughs> okay, Marcos. <laughs> but I hope price it's wrong. Wrong. The price is right. Fourteen dollars. I was amazed. Yep, you can find it on Amazon for fourteen dollars. That's so weird. I yeah. I, I do not. I will say I do not think this is an official version of the game, as it never, as far well, as it, I know, an English translation was never officially made. So English translations are like fan translations. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, take that from what you will. I don't know. If, that seems to lower the rarity. Uh okay. Um ooh, let's let's do this one. New Crayola Treasure Adventures Action. Now this is an NES game as well. Uh is the price right $230, Marcos? The price is wrong. The price is wrong. Okay. Dakota? Prices. Prices NES? Yep. Say the name again. New Crayola Treasure <laughs> Adventures Action. I'll, I'll go with the price is right, because that's vague as all hell. <laughs> New Crayola Treasure Adventures Action game sells for $1,047. No! <laughs> you can't sell a Crayola game for that much money. <laughs> oh, you can't, can you? <laughs> okay, how about this one? Tetris for Sega Genesis. Now, this is the physical copy of Tetris for Sega Genesis. Dakota, is the price right? $3,000. No, prices, please. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> My heart, I have heartburn. <laughs> 3000 Yep. The score is all tied for those keeping track. Oh, prices, right? The price is right. Okay, Marcos. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Price is right. The price is right. Three thousand oh, dollars. There was actually don't say it again. This is, this is estimated because somebody just sold it for three thousand dollars. So this was one that what? I could not find on Amazon. Yep. Can you imagine buying a game for three thousand dollars? They had to cease and desist. Not just that any game. Because... Fucking Tetris. Yeah, Tetris was weird when it was created because like five people bought the licenses to or thought they had the licenses to print that game. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't read anything about that. Uh, yeah, there's a big story on it. You should check it out. Like, yeah, I should follow up on that. It's in a crazy uh, situation there. Okay, so here's one. Do you guys remember that game I was talking about that has one single copy called Birthday Mania? 
Oh no. Yeah, birthday mania. Okay. Uh, Marcos, $1,500. No, sorry, oh. Dakota's first here. Dakota's first here. Oh no. $1,500. Oh. For birthday mania. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the price is right. <laughs> okay, Marcos. The price is right. The price is wrong. Fifteen hundred dollars. Try fifteen thousand. No. <laughs> There's only one copy, and it's currently being sold for fifteen thousand dollars. Yep. Jeez. Crazy. Oh. Who bought that? Who's gonna play that? I don't I know. It's like a party. It's like a mini. It's filled with party mini games. Uh, where you can like uh, pop balloons and stuff. I was trying to check it out. Yeah, I don't even think there's like footage of it. Video games they used to make. The Sorry, Dakota's dead. <laughs> what did you say, Marcos? Those old like back back when Nintendo would make uh, the Olympic games. Yes. Okay. So now we're going somewhere. The Nintendo World Championships Gold Edition. Oh yo yo I'm uh, ooh I'm Dakota. gonna buy a lottery ticket. Dakota, $26,677. Sorry, $26,600. I'm saying this so weirdly. $26,677. I, so I believe it's the NES. Yeah. Oh, 26000 $26,000. Oh price you know what me me and marco's got a thing going he's the price is wrong guy i'm at this point i'm the price is right <laughs> okay <laughs> marco's uh yeah i'll stick with my uh, yeah sure price is wrong it Heck is me. right believe it or not twenty six thousand oh. dollars it can actually oh. range up to fifty thousand dollars so no! there are copies of this game yeah depending upon the uh like i guess the condition of it people will buy it for more Insane. What? Yep. That one must be in shit condition if they're selling it Yo, for how half. How many of these games have we been talking about are from Nintendo? What have they been doing? Okay, well let's <laughs> let's let's go a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, well, technically Street Fighter Two is Nintendo, right? Yeah, that's Nintendo. I mean, it's just because Nintendo is the oldest. Nintendo is the oldest. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I, I'm right. just I'm bitching for bitches' sake. All right, Street Fighter Two, six hundred fifty dollars, Marcos. The price is right. The price is right, he says. Dakota. What console? Uh, this was SNES? Yeah. Yes? Uh, I'm going to look that up. Fighter 2. Okay. How much Just, was it? Uh, $665. For the SNES? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Price yes. It was in that, that range, regardless. Price is right. Price is wrong, actually. You can get it for $175. Oh, thank God. Or yeah. you can buy the Street Fighter collection that's coming out next month. <laughs> yeah. Week up. Um, right, let, I'm just double checking. So it released on PlayStation, Sega Saturn, Sega Mega Drive, and Super NES. So yeah, the SNES. Yeah, I the guess game released cool. like 12 times, though. It right. has like seven different versions. It's great. Yeah. Um, all right. What about Final Fantasy VII for $188, Ooh. Dakota? What for? Uh, I That is SNES, right? No, no. It would have been SNES and Nintendo didn't screw up. Is that PlayStation 1 then? Yeah, it's PlayStation 1. That was the game they made the Switch one. Okay. 
You're right. PlayStation you're right. One. Ooh, we're mixing things up here. I don't know much about PlayStation One. How much? One hundred and eighty-eight dollars. Mm. It was PlayStation. Price is. Mm. Right. Price is right, she says. Marcos, one hundred eighty. Price is wrong. The price is right. You can actually what? get that for yeah. Oh, I wasn't uh, even very confident in that. That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, honestly, this is a very difficult game that takes little skill, I think. <laughs> hey, 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 I've been pretty good. You have been pretty good. You have been pretty good, I'll admit. Um, you just have to know the console. Okay, console. Here, here's a toughie. Uh, Gamma Attack for $20,000, Dakota. What console? I believe NES again. I am yeah, just double-checking. Like uh... Let's see. Atari? No, it's the Atari uh, 2600. Atari Excuse 2600. me. 2600. When did that come out? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the Atari 2600, like, probably like late 70s. Price is right then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marcos? Price is wrong. Uh, I can't <laughs> lose any more than I have. <laughs> Eight to five, Dakota. The price is right. Oh. $20,000. Oh. Apparently, the oh. um, the Atari games are the most expensive. Um, yeah, that's not surprising. They, they tend to be the most expensive. Yeah. Them and the Commodore, no? Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would think. Uh, all right, so the final, the final game. Fortnite with no Battle Royale attached for the PS4. $100 flat is the price right, Dakota. Wait, no, sorry. Oh. Yeah, Dakota? Marcos. Marcos no, goes I think first. it's Marcos. Yeah. He hasn't gone the first. The price is wrong. Yet. You know what I'm going to say. The price is yeah. wrong, he says. Wait. Okay. So, Fortnite, no Battle Royale, PS4. Yes, I should, I, should, I should let you guys know that they are no longer making copies of this game at all. Like, you, they are not making copies. They are off the shelves, nowhere to be found. You'd have to buy them from somebody else. This is just the normal old Fortnite version. On a disc. What? So what is it if there's no Battle Royale? <laughs> Fortnite was originally like a survival game. Yeah. Like a co-op survival game. Yeah. What? It's true. PS4? Yeah, PS4. $100. Um, um, you know what? I can't lose at this point, so I'm just going to say price is right. The price is wrong. $130, actually. That was so the winner ticket opening, right? Yeah. That was good at all. Yeah, all right. I'll take my trophy. <laughs> so that's going to do it. Um, there was a couple I didn't get to. Like, uh, I don't think we talked about stadium events for the NES. That's $2,200. No. Um, yeah, there's, there's some crazy ones. Uh, but most all of, of those. Those you already gave us some crazy ones. Yeah, no, I mean like I'm saying that I I am I tried to find some of the rarest and most expensive games, and these these are what popped That's up. That's insane. Yeah, so um, it is crazy. I mean, I think I think this helps illustrate the point too. Like these games are hard to find. They are hard to find. Um, so 
a lot of these things we may not even we may not even be able to point at uh in a few years so like who knows if these games even work anymore yeah, i, I assume say, they're in a insane. working condition but i don't know having to you know paint forking up 25 i mean assuming the person it better work i, mean, I understand <laughs> they probably never play it it's just right. they're having it to have it yeah. for collection's sake but it, it probably for yeah. some of those games some of them probably half work honestly sure. yeah um so oh i gosh. i did i did want to talk about um uh, about gamma attack for a second because it, it is currently listed at five hundred thousand dollars um oh. and i mentioned the twenty thousand dollar price range but there was a a story that was not that long ago about a man named anthony dinardo who um tried to uh, tried to sell the, ca the cartridge on ebay for five hundred thousand dollars um and it, apparently it's still up so uh, I guess that will be the true mark of like, okay, is this the territory we're headed to? Because a lot of times people aren't selling these things. They're just, that's about the estimated price range um, or like what they were sold for last, maybe even like 10 years ago. So we have no idea. We just don't. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, finding some of these on Amazon, but those were like the Ocarina of Times and the Mother 3s and the Fortnites and the Mortal Kombat versus DC. Like some of these old NES games or like these old Atari games, good luck. Good luck. You will probably never ever see a physical copy of them. Um, yeah, I was going to say you're better off trying to pick one up in a little used game store than. Yep. I would definitely recommend that. And I, I mean, you're probably not going to find five, it. Five, ten bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And you're probably not going to find it. I think even those stores are smart enough to know that those old Atari games are worth more. Oh, hell um, no. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Anyway, I think I I think that about wraps it up for us. I didn't have uh, we got some submissions for quiz, but it, there was nothing that I felt like fit into what we were doing today. Um, so I figure we'll just leave it at the game. Dakota will get a point for for that for winning this one. Um, yeah. So I think that'll about do it. What are we doing next week? We're talking about music and video games, right? I think we're gonna yeah, man. yeah we're really gonna really excited for that one. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do that, and then we've got some E three episodes scheduled for I'm, for May. So I'm that'll super be more on the excited for our E three stuff. Yeah, me too. I've already too. been thinking of thinking of stuff. Oh, that, yeah. that companies is gonna do. Yeah. So, uh, and then we're of course gonna cover E three. We're gonna do podcasts uh, that cover E three. We're gonna try and cover it as much as we can, um, with all of us, you know, having jobs and such. But we'll we'll see what we can do. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, Dakota, where can can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at the Empress. There's a three in there somewhere, but you gotta you gotta find it. Okay. And Marcos? Yo, Marcus Carmona, Twitter, TwinkiePie37, I'm the cute one. He is the cute one. Uh, yeah. as <laughs> debatable. <laughs> okay. uh, you can find me at Benjamin Plays or on Epilogue Gaming. Uh, dot com we also have at epilogue games if you want to have a chat with us uh we've got a lot of stuff coming up including um some some things on on ludo narrative uh i think one one thing that i do want to mention to everybody is that we're changing up our patreon structure a little bit uh, i'm trying to make it more worthwhile to be a dollar subscriber uh so if you're listening to this podcast and you have a dollar that you know maybe you use on a starbucks or whatever we really could appreciate it um you we're trying to put starbucks for a dollar well, I no. Yeah. Okay, so maybe give us three dollars or five dollars. Uh, but uh, we're trying to pool funding together to put together some some new things. 
Uh, we're pretty well structured at this point for our two podcasts and a few articles uh, every month, but we would love, we would love to be able to do some additional things and we need funding to do that. So please consider giving us a dollar uh, or checking out our reward system to see maybe it would be worth it um for you to spend a dollar on us but um instead thank of you. buying starbucks coffee <laughs> uh start making coffee at home and throw those extra bucks at us yeah th- throw those bones our way but regardless thank you for listening thank you everybody for being a part of this we uh our our numbers have gone up so we appreciate you guys listening hope you enjoyed this podcast we'll see you guys next week for music and video games and take care uh for for me ben volmer dakota and marcos and everybody else at epilogue gaming Have a good one. Or not.